You're listening to The Free Developer, the bi-monthly podcast bringing you the best, unique, and inspiring stories from developers around the world. I'm your host, Lone, recording live from New York City, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Vikram Ragnikar, a technomod from India who's lived in Singapore, Silicon Valley, and now Toronto. Vic's first startup social world was a TechCrunch 50 winner, he's now the co-founder of Web Matter and has published a book called How to Build the Future. Some of the greatest ideas are born in a moment. You never know where you'll be. This week's show is brought to you by Hustle Case, the whiteboard laptop case. With Hustle Case, you can easily snap on a whiteboard to the top of your laptop and sketch your big idea on the go. To learn more, visit hustlecase.com and use the code NOMAD for 15% off. So, um, Vikram, thanks a lot for joining the show. You're taking a risk walking into this uh, interview without knowing what to expect, because uh, this is the first time we uh, we actually do this show. Uh, just to give a bit of context to our listeners, I met Vikram back in uh, Toronto like a month ago. Uh, he got in touch on Instagram, proposed that we talked a bit about her, our respective careers, which was an absolutely uh, fascinating uh, conversation. And that's, that's when I had the idea of creating this podcast to share all of those inspiring developer stories that I hear and I want to spread to the world. So once again, thanks, Vic, for joining us and, and thanks for unconsciously giving me the idea of setting up this show. Uh, why don't you start by, by giving our listeners a brief presentation of yourself and what you currently do at WebMatter? Hi. Hi, Lon. Uh, well, thanks for you know, having me on your podcast. Uh, I hope you can hear me. Let me just confirm that. Well, I, I can, and I hope the people on the live stream can as well, but either way, this is being recorded, right. so uh, the recording works awesome. for sure. So uh, my name is Vikram. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think my story is that interesting or inspiring, but I, I think Lone does, so happy to, you know, talk about it. <laughs> well, we're happy Thank to have you. you on the show. So I, um, I, I was born in India, Bombay, actually, and um, I kind of got into computers really early. Uh, I think my first one was like an, you know, a DOS machine on you know, an 8086. So that's kind of like aging, you know, I'm already kind of like telling people how old I am. And um, so I, I kind of, um, you know, from there, I've always aspired to kind of be in Silicon Valley, which is, uh, you know, the mecca of tech and that stuff. And uh, I, I ended up in the U.S. for college. I did my computer science uh, at the University of Delaware. It's kind of near New York. Um, yeah, I love that. You know, that was a great experience. And um, like right about there, I, you know, this was still. Uh, so I went to college. I did my undergrad in. Two, I finished in 2005. So I, it was around there. You know, startups were not still mainstream. The crash, you know, the web crash, it still kind of not had happened. And tech, Facebook, and stuff was forming around then. So. Um, I, I wanted to like build a startup too, and a couple of friends of mine, we got together and uh, we were exploring a couple of ideas. And um, it turned out that immigration rules like prevented us from like launching a startup in the US. So uh, we wanted to pick another exciting place to be, and uh, Singapore uh, was happy to have us. So we moved to Singapore, and I founded my first startup there. Actually, it was called VoiceRoute. Social Walk was my second. VoiceRoute was an IP telephony, so it was like a product where you could just uh, deploy an IP phone system in your office. And the Singapore government was our customer. That was a lot of fun. 
Um, that kind of uh, wow. transition to us uh, building. Uh, so we had this little feature in there. Uh, for It was like an internal Twitter for your company. And everyone loved that feature. So we kind of uh, decided to expand that feature, pull it out, and build another company around it. And that was called Social Walk. So Social Walk was, uh, it was like everyone's familiar with Slack now. So it was basically Slack for uh, Google Apps. Um, it was interesting. I learned a lot doing that. I, you know, I, it like brought me down to earth. It was like, okay, everything you, you know, you don't know anything. That's what it kind of taught me. And I had to learn everything from scratch. Um, you know, I always thought I was good at developing, but then, you know, when you're really working on your own product and, you know, lots of people are using your product, then you kind of realize how bad you are. And, um, so that, uh, got us to go to, um, so we ended up in Silicon Valley for TechCrunch 50, which was which is now called TechCrunch Disrupt, and uh, that got us uh, and and you know and people really liked what we built, so we were uh, we were what they call demo pit winners. So I got a chance to like present on stage and you know with like Dick Costolo and uh, like you know uh, Reed Hoffman and a bunch of great judges, um, and that 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 led us to get, uh, talking to LinkedIn, which was interested in our product. And uh, that, that was the transition of my story where I, uh, you know, we moved on from social walk to LinkedIn. Um, so I joined LinkedIn as a software engineer um, in the California office uh, in, um, in around 2010. And uh, LinkedIn was still pretty small then. I think it was uh, under 100 million users and, you know, um, and, uh, you know, a few hundred employees. And uh, I, I think LinkedIn was like the greatest learning experience of my life. I spent my last six, six, seven years with LinkedIn. And it grew from mm -hmm. where when I joined to like, you know, 6,000 employees and now, you know, acquired by Microsoft and everything that happened in between. Um, I, yeah, uh, it, it was it was a great time, I think, to be in the Valley. It was just when tech was coming back in 2010. And the last seven years have been like a fantastic ride when everything just went sky high, you know. A lot of new technology was developed, you know, things I'm sure some of you are familiar with, like Kafka, which is a message bus that's really popular. Uh, it's open source, it's built at LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I was part of the ads engineering team for a while. I, I worked on all kinds of things at LinkedIn. Um, the little share button, you, you know, this kind of like the, everyone's familiar with Facebook's like button, that's all across, but I'm sure some of you have seen LinkedIn share button. It's kind of similar. It's like, you know, Twitter's tweet button. So I built that. And that was really, uh, I, and I really enjoyed doing that. It was, it was this little piece of uh, real estate that I built. That's like on on so many domains around the world. Like it, it was unbelievable. I had to like build this one service to uh, serve serve counts. I call it counter. It's incredible because actually, like millions of people use this feature every day. Oh, that's that's crazy when you. It is. It's it. crazy. I didn't even realize how uh, how. Uh, how many people used it until I had to add like a little share count to it. And that just adding the little share count, I had to build a service to actually deliver that count to every page that asked it. And it turned out I was getting, we're getting like 90,000 requests a second. So like, like every, like you load a page anywhere on the web that would send a request back regardless of, you know, where the page was, could be TechCrunch, could be Bloomberg, or could be Yahoo. And, so this mm -hmm. was it was pretty interesting to work at that scale and and uh, those kind of engineering problems really interest me. So uh, I think LinkedIn really gave me a chance to uh, you know learn. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. And so uh, how about 
this first startup mm-hmm. that you founded, uh, yes. Voice Roots, because you say that that's that's pretty interesting, and uh, you didn't spend you didn't spend a lot of time explaining all this, but I think it it truly deserves to be uh, explained a little uh, a little more. Uh, so you said that it was an open source IP telephony uh, platform that even the Singapore government yes. used. So uh, that's, the product was called VoiceRoad. I mean, if you Google, you still it's still a bit you know out there on the web. Um, uh, the the site's probably down, but you'll find enough references to it. Uh, so it, it was like a Linux distribution that any company could install and it would then auto detect all your IP phones that you have. And back in 2000, like eight, six, IP phones were really a thing. People were, you know, moving away from traditional telephony to, and mobile wasn't really everywhere yet, surprisingly. Um, like, you know, we, we wanted to transition to mobile, but we wanted to make it a, like give companies a way to move off traditional, you know, wired telephones to a more network enable, like, you know, uh, like an IP phone system, because a lot of them weren't like, mm-hmm. um, weren't um, like ready to just switch over to mobile apps. Like everyone now has a mobile app that's their phone, right? So, or like five mobile apps that are their phones. So, um, People weren't comfortable with that, so we wanted to like ease the transition, and, and we had all a uh, huge vision for it. And um, so w- w- there was one feature in it which allowed you to like create a call center. Like when you get a call in, it would automatically figure out one of you know ten people who's available to take that call and send the call to them. And the Singapore government was using it to run their internal customer support centers and stuff for uh, some of their government uh, uh, their government offices. And uh, but we had a lot of customers outside of that too. We uh, we were pretty global, so we had uh, we ended up even creating our own conference in Atlanta. We called it the product was surprised, it was called Druid, D R U I D Druid. So uh, the Druid Con, and um, we we traveled to you know we tr- we got to travel and meet customers. We went all over the U S. We went to uh, Berlin too. So. Um, uh, it was interesting. It was uh, we were built on top of this other open source awesome. platform called Asterix, which is has a larger ecosystem. Yeah. So. I mean, Asterix is pretty widespread. Uh, I, I personally have been using it, and I'm not even like a, 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 an IP telephony guy at all. But you know, tinkering with it a little bit on a Raspberry Pi—I mean, I, I guess that's a lot. That's a thing a lot of yeah, people do. Yeah, that's kind of how I started uh, on it. Under I think. free time, uh, probably not a Raspberry Pi then, but like tinkering with it. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, just just to give a little a little bit of background to to our listeners, uh, you're a developer at the beginning, right? You're not a business person at all. So, how exactly did you learn all this? Because, um, you know. Founding a com- founding a company is not exactly just building a software and and crossing your fingers for it to work and find uh, customers by itself. So, how exactly did you learn all of the skills that uh, are kind of required to to launch a company and make it successful as you did multiple times? So, um, I I think I wasn't exactly the same place you mentioned. Like, how how do you know these things? I I you know when I was about to start my startup, I was like, wait, I'm not. I'm just a developer. I write code. That's what I love doing. I, I you know I don't want to talk to all these customers. I, I don't want to deal with any of that. Like uh, you know filing taxes or government forms. I don't want to do that. And um, I still don't. But um, I was like, maybe there are people who know this. But and um, 
but honestly, you know, they, none of those people wanted to like work with us. We were a small startup. So it, it just ended up having to figure out all this stuff ourselves, like even in terms of sales or how the product should be, or that we should talk to customers and build a product. Everything we learned the hard way. I mean, to be honest, I think today there's a lot more info on the web. You can look at Y Combinator school and there's so much out there to learn. In fact, there, I think there's too much, like you can spend all your time learning and no time doing. Um, so, that's for Sometimes sure, yes. you just have to like, you know, just like dive in the deep end. Uh, honestly, in terms of like tech and software and startups, one thing I learned and I still believe is that no one really knows anything. Like everything is different and everything is like, like needs a different, like, you know, there's all these things about growth hacking and stuff. Honestly, none of that is going to, you know, work for you. You have to figure out your own. It's nice to have some fundamentals to figure out your know, concept of what a channel is and, you know, like the fact that you need to get people interested and they're not just going to come because you built something awesome. As long as you have these little facts, right, um, you know, everything is like no one knows any better. Like even even the guy running like this big company, you know, he doesn't know any better. He, um, like everyone is everyone's yeah, figuring true. out things as they go. Honestly. Exactly. And, you know, I read an article like uh, probably probably like a month ago. Uh, it was called You Are Not Google. And <laughs> perhaps you read it too. I guess like everybody in the in the tech scene kind of. Uh, I, I know that article it, that you're talking about. Uh, at okay. least once. I... Yeah. And, and I guess uh, it, it's kind of, the you know, uh, it kind of uh, it kind of explains the, the same principles that you, you don't really need to take yourself too seriously to, to, to get your business out there. Uh, so like all you yeah. need is just a working demonstration product, something that just does the thing that it's supposed to do. And, and, and that's all. You, you don't need to actually spend too much time uh, trying to, to perfect everything because that's Yes, I agree. And, and, you know, I think one thing people forget is that startups are not companies. That's why they're startups. They're, you know, they're completely different beasts. They're, they're just put together to test out things to get from an idea like a hypothesis to like to something that, you know, some customers like. And that's about mm -hmm. it. It's startups are not about scaling. Startups are not about uh, like trying to solidify things and build a business. They're just about trying to figure out whether an idea is going to be accepted by a few people who are potential customers. So for you, a startup is just an experiment. It's it not, really is. I uh, mean, it's not a company as, uh, no, yeah, it, go, go ahead. It truly is because, I mean, I, I think that the, the one thing everyone is going to know, you know, except the very, very few lucky ones, is that no matter how good your plan or whatever, how, how long you've planned it or, you know, how great your idea is, when you make contact with the market, it's all going to fall apart. So no one's going to pay you. No one's going to use it. No one's going to show up. That's 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 absolutely hundred percent guaranteed, and and that's, that's sure where you that's where really your job begins at that point. So how quickly you get to that point is important. So if you spend nine months trying to build, you know, within your you know hiding out in your room, and it's and honestly everyone knows this, but it is very hard not to do. Like, I am guilty of it all the time. I mean, I, I know this, but I would rather just sit and build and not call people and talk to them and force my idea on people and, and try to, like, get my idea out. Yeah. Because it's just easier for us developers to develop. I mean, it's it's a safe space. So it's really, and, and a lot of times you want to do it with the tools you like and the way you like, with the ideas you have. And, 
And honestly, if you know, if you can throw it together on a piece of you know paper and get people to pay you for it, you should just go ahead with it because, um, like, you know, I, I really like Reed Hoffman is kind of right in you know when he says that uh, with this quote that he has, um, if if you're not embarrassed by your first uh, first product, then it's too late because you've just mm-hmm. wasted valuable time, you know, building and not connecting with your market yeah absolutely and there's there's definitely a lack of of awareness you know like uh from from people just launching products mostly for themselves and they don't really know who their customers are and most people don't i mean you know i know teams of like five ten people with six million in funding and and they don't know who their customers are I, I know this firsthand. I've spoken. Well, I speak to people. I speak to startups all the time. Uh, a lot of my friends um, from LinkedIn, which I, you know, I ended up one of the valuable things takeaway from my life at LinkedIn was, you know, all the friends I made, and they've all gone out and they're all part of Silicon Valley, building great things. And I know most of them don't know. They have an idea and they're trying to reach it. But that's the concept of pivots, right? I mean, you have an idea, and and pivot is not a bad word or whatever. It's it's basically, you know, how fast can you iterate? to get from, you know, where you started to where a customer really likes what you've built. So, you know, mm-hmm. change it up. Don't, don't, don't have like a million unit tests and stuff and a solid product that's never going to break. It's going to scale to a million people and their customers like, yeah, but I don't exactly want that. Can you change that entirely and give me this other thing? Definitely. Like, I mean, I mean, just take your product out. Even if it has PHP parse errors, uh, one one time out of ten, yeah. you know, like it doesn't matter. Just, just, just get it out. If it does the thing it's supposed to do, that's all that yes. matters. I mean, in I, the I, end. I think and some so, level uh, of UX and stuff. It, it's all about perception too. So when you know, when you throw something really like broken in front of the customer, it kind of like affects his impression of it. So. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, releasing something that's yes. totally broken, but there's, uh, you know, like there's a, uh, a right balance between yes. the, the, the two yeah, extremes. You, you could, uh, it's uh, it's you're, not you're totally wrong right. to put lipstick on a pig. So that's, that's the best way out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And so um, you, t- you talked very briefly about social woke, which was kind of a slack for Google apps. And that's that's crazy because we're talking about what year was it? Like 20, 2010, yes. you so, said? I mean, no, that was, was no. You joined was LinkedIn really in twenty ten. So. Uh, this was twenty uh, uh, around two thousand seven or eight. I don't quite remember. I think eight. eight. Uh, but you know, there were it was surprising. Like Slack is winning. But back then, there was still competition. There was uh, around our time. There was a Yammer. And uh, right around that time, mm-hmm. this thing called Salesforce Chatter launched. So those are two companies. Like most people have not heard of Yammer probably, or maybe they have. Microsoft bought it. Uh, they were Silicon Valley company by David, uh, by ex PayPal uh, founder David uh, Sachs. And uh, yeah, there was another one called Chatter that launched after, uh, uh, apparently after. Uh, the the founder of Salesforce tried to buy Ch- Yammer and Yammer refused, and so he just went and founded Chatter. And I think uh, there was, and I think uh, there was also that that was the time when Google Wave was yes, all the rage. Yes, I actually right? have a T-shirt. I mean, they Google started Wave to t-shirt. to roll out their beta. I actually have a I'm Google sorry. Wave T-shirt right now. <laughs> 
right now? Uh, no, but I, I meant like I still have one. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, uh, so Google Wave so and Google won't... Buzz. So there was a lot of there was a lot of activity oh, yeah. around uh, you know so networking, trying to use Twitter-like feed. There was a company that Facebook bought became their uh, thing called for a friend feed. That became uh, you know Facebook's main feed. So. Um, this was, there was a lot of activity in this space, and um, uh, we, we had an angle to it. We, our angle was basically, a, like, let's make this a collaborative platform for people. So you could actually, this was way ahead of the time, you could actually share Google Calendar invites directly into the feed, and they would render, like, you see them in an email, mm-hmm. where, you know, you could be like, hey, football game after work, and then kind of share that into the feed. Now, anyone who wants to be part of it will see it, and yes, you know, yes, no, or maybe, so... You don't really have to like mail it out to certain people. You know, it's it's like a feed base. You could share Google Docs in the feed, um, and we were trying to build out this like API where you could like build these little apps in the feed and stuff. So, um, yeah, so it was kind of different. And so, how did, how did it start? Uh, how did it start exactly? What was the the, the the like the the trigger behind making social work happen? So there were a couple because things. I, think, I guess the idea came so from we were very right? bootstra- we were like a bootstrap company where we're making you know money from revenues and stuff from um, uh, from voice route, but it was hard. It was a lot of sales, a lot of like customer support, and you know telephony is like something mission critical. So uh, we'd have to like we were working on raising money and stuff, but. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of us were, we just wanted to be on the web. Like, we didn't want to be, like, on-premise, mm-hmm. you know, in this, like, telephone telephony world with, uh, with people's, like, whole world relying on our software, which is, you know, telephony. It's kind of a scary place to be. So we were looking yeah. for something interesting on the web, and we realized that we had this one feature within our uh, telephony product. People would log in to see their voicemails and stuff, and, and we had this little chat functionality that was, like, a status update thing with, uh, you could like um, it was kind of like how Twitter, you know, started off. It had to like, set your presence and your status, and uh, we realized mm-hmm. a lot of people use that within our uh, within our customers. And we're like, you know what? Maybe this could be a product by itself. Sure, Twitter was out, but we were like, hey, maybe this could be an enterprise product. And um, so we decided, like, we're like, oh, that's interesting. But like, people have to go through all this trouble to buy to get to it. They have to come buy our software, switch their phone systems you know, and everything. Then they get to that little thing. Let's just pull it out and make it easy for more people to experience it. And, uh, and, and we kind of just threw something together. Honestly, again, this was very experimental. We threw something together and, um, you know, and we started reaching out to our existing customers and people we knew and, and they, they liked it, honestly. And that's kind of where um, people started using it. They were like, hey, could you add this feature? Could you add that feature? And that's kind of where we uh, started building on it. That's great. That's great. And so you used to hand you used to handle the sales by yourself too, right? Yes, That's we did. I mean, we handled a bunch of stuff ourselves because you know customer support. I remember like crawling under people's desks to you know unplug phone systems and stuff. But like weird closets <laughs> to like figure out how their uh, like their PRI even line telephone lines like you know how did they terminate into the existing phone system and stuff like that. Did you start in a garage? That's that's the big question. Did we started in a garage. Well, we started in <laughs> someone's house, so yeah, close enough. I <laughs> okay, well, that Singapore. that qualifies you as a as a real Silicon Valley. Well, it was in Singapore, so people didn't have garages. It's you know, it, most people don't have cars. Oh yeah, but social yeah, voice route was in Singapore, but social work was social it in Singapore, Singapore too. too. Or... We did not have any visas to really uh, oh. like launch a company in the U.S. Just 
Okay, I thought you had moved to Silicon Valley we were, at that time. We used to so, visit right. Silicon Valley a lot, you know, talking to investors or, or things like TechCrunch. And, and uh, we had a lot of friends and allies there, but uh, no, we weren't in Singapore. Uh, we weren't in Silicon Valley. Okay, and, and so right after that, you actually moved to Silicon Valley to yes. join LinkedIn, right? Yes. As a software engineer. So when, so when so, the whole conversation uh, happened with LinkedIn and LinkedIn was like, hey, you know, we'd like you to come and uh, explore building such a system for us. And uh, so, I, so we basically, you know, took up on that offer and uh, I, I moved from uh, Singapore to uh, California. Great. And so uh, that was your... That was 2010, 2010, yes. Exactly. And so you say that tech was uh, kind of coming back into the valley. That was uh, right after the, the subprime crisis, yes, right? Yes, uh, it, it was. I mean, to be honest, it was, um, there weren't uh, too many like companies around. There was, you know, no, there were no real winners defined. No one had gone IPO. It was just kind of like, you know, there was... Um, and LinkedIn itself, a lot of people were, you know, in fact, um, I, I, I used to use LinkedIn a lot to reach out to like investors and customers and, and like find leads and stuff. So I really liked LinkedIn. I saw the power of it, but others were like, come on, LinkedIn, it'll be killed off by Facebook. You know, why, why are you going there? It's not, it's not going anywhere and stuff like that. So, um, well, I guess, you know. Yeah, and in the end, LinkedIn turned out to be pretty awesome. I so agree. I mean, you know, Link turn, LinkedIn has really solid management. They so were wrong. I think uh, that's what pulled it through. Yeah. And so you, you've been staying for a long time at LinkedIn, right? Like seven years, yes, if I'm, like if I'm months, not yeah. mistaken? That's 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 a long time. That's, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story. I mean, uh, first, like... It's LinkedIn comes to you and you don't, you don't come to LinkedIn, but LinkedIn comes to you because you had like this awesome startup ID that worked and, and, and was, yeah. uh, I mean, was impressive enough to make, to we, make LinkedIn you know, we propose of, we something to you. We have to do a lot of work uh, towards that. Like, for example, uh, you know, you are like, yes, you know, getting the product out, getting enough like what we've built. Uh, some of those people were, you know, connected with LinkedIn, connected with Google. They started like to reach out to us saying, hey, this space is a kind of in the space that was growing and everyone was interested. Uh, honestly, we talked to a lot of companies. We, we actually went and talked to Google. We talked to, um, we even had a chance to present to uh, um, Larry Page. So this was mm -hmm. the time when Google was launching Google Bus. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know what we signed around that, so I don't want to go into details. But uh, there was Google Buzz, and um, so and that was launching, and the Google whole social experiment was starting off. So they were interested in talking to us, um, and uh, so uh, and Wave. A lot of people, like Google also had this internal idea that Wave is going to kill everything, and so um, you know they were also <laughs> right there. Um, so it was a very interesting time. So I, I think there were a lot of things going for us. It's just like luck. You know, being in a space that's kind of hot and um, and being and building a product, um, we're uh, you know even our product was pretty solid. We actually um, I can talk about that. How to build a future was kind of from my learnings. We built it on Google App Engine, so we used something. You know, we used serverless before serverless was cool. So um, <laughs> yeah, and there was that's a whole cool. story around how databases were failing and stuff. So we decided to go so, but. Um, 
yeah so it's all this work kind of you know so many people in inspire you know get like the park really had to go out and touch a lot of people before it made its inroads into the valley and a lot of people are like hey this is mm-hmm. cool and um, i think techcrunch really helped being on stage you know actually presenting in front of reed hoffman and um you know right after techcrunch disrupt we got like so many meetings with everyone from atlassian to uh, like google and facebook and uh not facebook sorry google and uh, linkedin and a few others um and we honestly liked linkedin the most they were like you know the people were great the company was uh, like young enough and uh mm-hmm. and they were pretty excited too i think you know that they, they spoke to us and their data and like how they're really inspired like enterprise focused in uh you know like with where they want to be so um yeah, yeah. so it, and- it took uh, I would say there's a lot of luck, a lot of hard work, so it all kind of went together. That's, I mean, that, that's that's inspiring because you know, being a TechCrunch 50 winner, uh, then getting like uh, contacted by LinkedIn, that was interested by your app and your in your story. That's definitely uh, that's definitely impressive, uh, but. Later, you you ended up quitting Silicon Valley actually and leaving for uh, for Canada. Uh, why was that? Why why this decision precisely? So I um, you know I, I definitely love my time in California. I love LinkedIn. I s- still have lots of friends there, and probably I stayed so long is because how great the work environment was, the work I was doing, and the friends I had. Um, so all of that, just like you know, honestly, I could have stayed there for ten years, even though I've never imagined myself staying with the company for this long. Um, and, uh, but at the end of it, like I, I needed a little more freedom myself. Like, you know, I, I've been on like work visas for so long, Singapore and, you know, the U S was a student visa. I just wanted to be like free to like start companies, experiment with ideas and stuff like that. And, uh, that was not possible mm-hmm. in the U S. Um, the process is a little, uh, tied up for people who are like born in India. So it would have taken me like a good part of 20 years just to get like, you know, basic freedom back. So I, uh, I kind of looked around a bit and Europe was intriguing. Actually, I was considering like German Berlin or something. But um, I saw this uh, Canadian process was simple enough. I had friends in Toronto. They said, come down here. It's really cool. It's fun. City is great. You know, it's lower cost of living. And, you know, and, and I looked into the immigration process and that was pretty straightforward. And, you know, it's transparent. It was easy. So I was like, okay, let me do this. And in like four six months, close to six months, I had like a, what they call a permanent residency. It's like a Canadian green card. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, so cool. you know, I was pr- pretty excited just getting that, honestly. I was like, wait, I can just like cross the border and be free to launch companies and do whatever, or just like the bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In six months. That, that's what's crazy, actually. Six months, only six months to get and, a permanent and residency for this. card. Canada is actually... Uh, like changed from the way it was and it's now like totally focused on tech and ai and they want to get like the brightest people and um like brand canada is like really solid it's very young and it's you know very liberal and exciting and it appeals to a lot of people and uh, they want to leverage that so they're like okay let's see what what will take what will it take to get these smart people here let's make the process simple you know i mean that's what they did and yeah. now they have something called express entry you have to give like an English or a French test. You have to um, find a mm-hmm. profession that they want, like software engineer or developer. It's all listed there. 
some experience and you get a bunch of points and that's it based on your points they'll invite you and give you a permanent residence that's great so uh, for all of you know the developers out there even i've got a lot of people from India following me on, on Instagram, for example. I'm sure that there are people from India on the live stream right now. Uh, and people from basically all over the world. I have uh, people from, uh, from, from Singapore, which is, uh, which is just funny. Um, and and yeah, a, a lot from, from Asia and, and Africa. So you, you would say that for those people, it's, it's interesting to, uh, to, 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 to come to Canada um, instead instead of the US because most of them are actually considering going to the US uh, to, to pursue their career or maybe found a company or something like this. Uh, so you're saying Canada can be a better choice, right? Yes, I am definitely saying Canada can be a better choice. I mean, um, I mean, like, for one, I mean, you just, you, you know, you'll be free, you need freedom to like build and experiment and, and do things. And and uh, you will get to be free and you know be like accepted local person a lot faster in canada uh if you are born like singapore yeah. i think has uh has a special um has special visas with the us so things might be easier but like if you're born in india i mean you know and surprisingly a lot of the world's population is um so you know even if you yeah, and then those, and if some of those, you know, if those people are really interested in like forming companies and stuff and having a high quality of life, uh, Canada kind of offers all of that, you know. And the tech ecosystem here is surprisingly the fastest growing I know in North America outside of Silicon Valley. Like, uh, most people don't know this, but That's AI, the statement. founding fathers of AI, were all from University of Toronto and Montreal. Jeffrey Hinton and those guys. Um, like, um, AI has like mass Google uh, Google Brain has offices here. They've invested heavily in Montreal and Toronto to set up their uh, AI labs. Uber's AI lab is here. Uh, yeah, and by the way, uh, Facebook just announced like uh, during the week they just announced a massive investment to create an AI lab in Montreal. <laughs> And that's that's crazy. That. Uh, I mean, you're right, and I don't know I I, I don't know why why Montreal. Uh, precisely, that's that's because the university there choice. is very uh, uh, highly respected for its work in deep learning, which is oh. So uh, it's not just um, okay. Facebook. Actually, Uber has one uh, too, but they have it in Toronto, uh, and uh, and uh, so does Google. So um, and uh, they all have like massive investments uh, because the whole kind of region is forming to be like an AI belt. That's that's interesting. It's definitely promising for for the future of of Canada, I guess. Uh, when I was in Toronto, I felt this very strong, uh, strong, strong tech um, environment. I mean, look look at outside uh, of AI. That's even true. If you're, it's true that even it's... if you're into web tech, right? Look at Shopify is here, and Shopify is uh, mm -hmm. an IPO and success story, which is like everyone in the world knows. It's a great brand to have in your backyard. If you're if you're a city that's claiming you know to be a tech center, like I, I don't know in, yeah. in too many other cities that have like a global brand in them, you know, outside of Silicon Valley, even New York. I mean, if I were to say what's like a solid tech brand coming that's IPO'd out of New York, I mean, I, I would be hard pressed to find one. 
And so if you had to summarize the reasons why Toronto is awesome for startups or maybe just, you know, tech workers as a whole, uh, what would be your main reason? Let's say five maximum. Sure. So reasons. I'd say it's a great city to live in. I mean, if you're young, you're, you know, like you're um, you know, someone who just wants to like have fun and build stuff. You know, it's, it's, this Toronto city is very nice, friendly, great parks. You can ride your bike around. Uh, you know, great coffee. Um, the summer is absolutely wonderful. And the winter is not as bad as people mm -hmm. think it is. Um, and, you know, it, it's just a great, like, it's a major dynamic North American city, but it doesn't feel like it. It just feels more friendly and more, uh, like, you know, ac accessible. Um, so that's, like, definitely big, you know, great nightlife scene and stuff. So you just, it's, it's a high quality of life. Uh, secondly, it, it's got a really good tech ecosystem. There are lots of great colleges here. There's U of T, there is Montreal, there is Waterloo. Waterloo is one of the top universities in the world. So all of those schools are sending in great talent to, to Toronto and, uh, and the local government's really doing a lot. I mean, they have like Mars, which is like this incubator here. And they're, you know, they're constant events happening throughout summer to like get startups, um, you know, something related to the like tech and startup ecosystem. Uh, the governments, like I have spoken to government uh, people who are actually setting up like entire offices just to like go out and get companies to come here. Like their recent win was Slack, which is Slack has uh, set up an office in downtown Toronto now. So, oh, um, cool. you know, proximity in North America, New York is like an hour away. You can go there and, you know, party or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an important point here i mean when you're in toronto you're not far from from basically basically yeah. anywhere uh and you're at the very end of the eastern uh standard yes. time zone uh, which is very important for meetings etc because uh, if you decide to uh to go and live in bali for example that's gonna make your life a little hard when it comes to having skype meetings with uh clients or investors for example whereas if you're in toronto you know you're outside of the us but uh you're not very far in a way that's that's probably uh I, for me at least it will be very important if i were to move to toronto yeah, I, i agree also i mean like cost of living is, is uh. definitely lower here than the us And uh, Toronto is a very creative city. It's not, it doesn't mean that every, you know, it's, it's surprising in Silicon Valley, everyone's like working on an app or a startup idea. Toronto has a lot of creative people who have nothing to do with tech. So you, there's an art school right in the middle that are great. Like you, you'd see people working on movie scripts and, and artists hanging about. And just like there's, it's such a melting pot that I think it's, uh, it's, 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 that's the kind of environment which like really great, exciting new, you know, ideas can come out from. Um, the cost of living is really awesome. low, which is why people want to pursue these things. I don't know if people know YouTubers and, and uh, people who are trying to build their own brands are from Canada for a reason. It's because, you know, just to like stay alive, you don't need a job. In the US, like, you know, just to have healthcare, you need a job. And a lot of people don't want to leave a job because their whole family depends on that healthcare plan. And, you know, Canada is, you know, regardless of what your views are on, uh, you know, in, like government managed healthcare, it's, it's pretty great. I love it. And that, you know, takes off this huge, uh, like, thing that I have to worry about if you're trying to pursue your own idea, right? And, So that those kind of things make people yeah. more and I mean that yeah. that's definitely something to consider for all of you guys wanting to come to the US I mean know that uh, an uh, what's considered an affordable healthcare 
plan here costs about 500 US dollars a month per person. So that's, it's crazy when you think about it, you know, like a lot, like a big part of your salary is going to healthcare and you're also paying taxes on top of that. So yeah, I'm like not, uh, I'm not going to get into but politics, but in US, uh, Canada is will, clearly more interesting. If you have a good side. job in the US, they will take care of healthcare for you. I mean, now I, I don't know how things are going now, but like in, uh, under the Obama's plan, it was, it was pretty good. Um, but like once mm -hmm. I left LinkedIn, it, you know, if I had to stay on their plan, this decent plan, I would be paying out like, you know, $2,500 a month. That, that's, you know, a lot of money. Okay, so. yeah. It's just, of it, course. I think it frees so, you up, uh, it frees up capital to focus on ideas and stuff. So, you know, and being in a place that's kind of like has a floor in case, you know, things go bad, it's, it's great for young entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so I have a I have a question on the live stream here. Uh, what about Vancouver? Uh, ask him if it's a good option. So what do you think of? Uh, have you traveled to Vancouver? Do you know a little bit of the uh, what's the what's the strip, I, uh, I haven't traveled. Like it's on my to do list. I really want to go there. Um, I know it's beautiful and it's like you know the northwest and all of that. And uh, I have some friends who are living there in tech. Uh, I, you know, I think Vancouver has a startup scene, except it's probably not as evolved as, as Toronto. I think the fact that there are a lot of universities and stuff mm -hmm. in Toronto, it's, you know, that are engineering colleges and stuff like Waterloo, uh, that are, Waterloo is not in Toronto, but it's close enough that, um, that have kind of fed into the Toronto ecosystem. Vancouver um, is beautiful. It's also very expensive. And, uh, um, you know, like any other city, it has a, tech ecosystem. I think Slack kind of was, has a major engineering office there. Uh, but it has a, like maybe Microsoft and stuff have offices there for, you know, immigration purposes, but I haven't heard of anything mm -hmm. beyond that specifically. That's, uh, like, you know, as, you know, as evolved as maybe Toronto, uh, I, I do want to go there and yeah. experience it for myself. Um, yeah, we, we, I didn't choose it for many reasons. Obviously, I had friends in Toronto. I wanted to come here. I was not a fan of the rainy weather. So, like, Seattle is not my cup of tea. It's just, you know, it's very Seattle-ish weather where yeah. you know, it's kind of cloudy. So, winter, I know people say a bad thing. <laughs> They're course. like, oh, yeah, but you're you're in the tundra. Like, you know, uh, uh, technically, I'm not. It's, you know, it's, it's not as bad. I mean, honestly, I got myself a good coat. Let me see. I invested in a good coat. And, um, all I, you know, I just... That and a t-shirt on was like all I needed. I didn't have to layer up or anything, and uh, it doesn't snow as much here. And the and I don't know, you know, whether it's something to do with global warming, but the winters have been getting better, and the summers have been nice too. You know, I mean, they've been really pleasant. Yeah, so it's definitely not as bad as what people think when they think Canada, because there's there's a big difference between southern Canada and uh, the, the the all all the way to the north. Um, and I don't even know how it's called over there, but yeah, no, even Montreal, I mean, even Montreal and Toronto is a big difference. I mean, Montreal gets like a lot of snow and it's, it's, it's colder and Toronto, I think it's like, it's like Chicago. It's like right on the lake. It has the lake effect. So it gets a little cold, but, um, you know, and it winters can be longer than, you know, you want them to me, but I'm pretty, I was out and mm. about through winter and I kind of enjoyed it. So, uh, after a while you just, like, you know, after even a few months, you're like totally fine with it. And uh, yeah, That's I don't cool. know, like it depends. I enjoy the so, snow, so. By the way, if you 
By the way, if you guys are interested in learning more about life in Toronto, life in Canada as a whole, uh, you can check out Vikram's blog. It's called Move North. I'm gonna put the link in the video description, uh, in the in the podcast description. Sorry, and uh, you guys will be able to 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 read all the articles that Vikram has uh, written. Uh, very interesting stuff, and it it's got a lot of details, you know, regarding all the immigration stuff and uh, and and all the processes. Uh, so, so that's that's definitely uh, definitely a great blog. And by the way, I, I wrote an article about Toronto and what was it like as a tech nomad. But uh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I just uh, just giving the link here uh, because the blog in itself is awesome. So we don't really care about my article. Um, Vic, what's What's next for Web Matter? And by the way, I'm not even sure if we actually talked about Web Matter before uh, since we started the, the recording. But uh, can can you can you talk a little bit about about this uh, new sure. startup that so you launched? So before we uh, get into that, I just want to say yes, definitely go read Loan's article. It's the best part of the blog. And yeah, the blog <laughs> came out of like the whole inspiration for the blog was friends from California who were like, okay, we're stuck here and we're not getting green cards and can you tell us, uh, you know, why you moved to Canada and how do we do this? And which is how the kind of whole blog came about. And honestly, I think a lot of people cared because it went viral and it's still like I'm getting a ton of traffic. And on a side note, I think I see some people on the stream saying stuff like um, Felipe says Hootsuite is, yes, he's right. I mean, Hootsuite's definitely a big company there uh, in uh, and Amazon. I think Amazon has, so think about those offices, Amazon and Microsoft, from what I understand, they're like, it's like keep people there for a year and then help them. It makes it easier to immigrate to the U.S. So that's um, that's yeah. kind of what the offices aren't like. Google actually has an engineering office in um, in uh, Silicon Valley in Toronto, which is like focused on like you know actually building teams here for the long term. So that's I think a little different. Okay. So yes, coming to Web Matter. Web building, Matter building. is like I, I spend a lot of time with uh, companies who uh, you know like SaaS companies and. Um, you know, within the company and even just as their product, APIs are very important. So for one, if you're a SaaS company, your customers would be like, hey, we need an API to integrate with this. We're using this other product. We need to integrate with that. And uh, have, being able to like satisfy these integration requirements are a big part of uh, making a successful Slack, uh, SaaS product. Again, which is why SaaS, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Slack has become so important, useful because it has all these integrations. Um, so, you know, I wanted to make it easy for people to build these integrations and kind of like, you know, build out these workflows between their different uh, services that they use. And uh, so I, I started, that, that was the initial thesis for the Web Matter idea. So it's, it's a serverless product where you can just go in, you can pick the APIs you're working with. Say, for example, you want a Twitter API and you need to like use a Google natural language API. Then you can just pick them. Uh, you know, you don't have to deal with like OAuth and all that stuff. It's really easy. You just click and take care of that. And then you get this little web-based editor where you can just write some code and um, like tie those APIs together. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like, a, you know, if people are familiar with JavaScript, they just get a SDK for like this API and then that one and they tie it together. Uh, this is kind of similar, but it's like in the cloud. Um, and you can just deploy, you can test your integration uh, that that's the idea behind uh, Webpack. That's that's pretty interesting. So, uh, what's next? What are your goals exactly? What are you what are you aiming for? Uh, 
what's so I, I I'm trying to evolve it. Where where do you see Web Matter headed in in the next few years? Well, exactly? I mean, I'm focused on Web Matter where I'm trying to like figure out a product market fit. So I am, you know, I'm. It's not like they're thundering herds outside to use the products. I'm still trying to figure out, uh, you know, what where where the product head. Uh, where do I take it from here? And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I have some interesting ideas there. And you know, I think serverless and building these like um, these endpoints are uh, you know and, and having like they're very interesting, especially considering a lot of people are going with like static websites now, uh, you know, uh, all around the world, you see like, you know, Firebase hosting and uh, Netlify and stuff like really gaining ground, people using, you know, Jackal and uh, and Hugo and stuff to build these stuff. So a lot of these people need uh, a serverless like integration solution to build things like, uh, you know, collect leads, um, email, form signups, you know, integrate with Stripe. So, um, that's kind of what I'm exploring, having like a easy way for people to, um, you know, kind of combine the two because, uh, you know, with like mm -hmm. the, like going static is really great. You get speed, you get security. Um, and then when you need dynamic, you can come to a solution like web matter. So that's kind of what I'm exploring. I know there are tools out there to kind of do this. Like, uh, for example, uh, you could use Lambda or you could use cloud functions, but they're really at a low level. Like, why will at least web matter takes care of all the APIs for you. you can easily search them you know we um, we have a common interface to talk to APIs so you don't have to figure out a different interface uh, you know interface for every API it just it's like it's standardized so um, mm -hmm. and you can yeah. like test your integration right there in the browser and one click you can deploy it so yeah, you guys should really check out Web Matter because their their solution is solid. Like seriously, it's uh, it it is it is very interesting, very promising, and this is definitely something I could use. For example, but I found it I find it more fun, you know, to just hack a little Node app uh, with, with with the the, the right endpoints, but for Everybody out there who's not interested in 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 hacking uh, Node applications when when you need to do just like you, you need just like uh, Vikram said you need just to handle a form or something very simple you don't want to have anything complicated um, running then you just you can just use web matter and let them handle all One that for you. One good use case is webhooks. A lot of times when you're using tools like you know GitHub or whatever or Stripe and they have webhooks and you need to catch the webhook and do something, web matter is great. You can, it works with mm -hmm. webhooks. It'll, uh, you just say go create a new app and ask you what type of app. You just say web webhook app will give you a link and then you can just literally that link will get you the data whatever is being posted to your webhook and you can then you do whatever. Like for example, there is a if you go to webmatter.com, right at the bottom, there's a sample integration you can activate. What that I use that. What that does, it takes, and I use GitLab, not GitHub, so that integration actually works with GitLab, where every time I commit code, um, data about the commit, like how many files were changed and stuff, goes into a Google spreadsheet. The, so it's kind of like great. you can build those things out. You can build it with Stripe or whatever you want. You know, like so. Uh, so that's, that's, that's awesome. a really great uh, use. Uh, and and it's free, so, so it can you, know, you be can used... go out and use. Um, you know, you guys can experiment. There's a huge free tier, so go wild. Um, let me know if you need. Yeah, more. definitely, definitely check check it out. Uh, but it, it can be used, uh, kind of like an if for developers. Yes. Did I did I yes, get absolutely. it right? I in fact That's like that cool. if for developers. Hmm, okay, maybe I'll. 
that's one of the hard parts of so you have to get your messaging right I, it's surprising like copy messaging communicating your idea is so so important and and you, i'm constantly evolving it my messaging my thoughts i'm like hey should i use this buzzword it's hot should i use that that sentence you know i want to keep it short simple so you want yeah. to well, i think you, you did a good job with, and go ahead develop a skill sure. i'll say develop your skill of writing and communicating uh, in like really mm-hmm. concise short you know manners yeah and you also uh, lately you released a uh, you you released a um, Bitcoin slash well cryptocurrency uh, market watch uh, website, which is called Forty Two Markets. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll is that correct? Talk about that. Is so that what's Euro happened correct? is um, you know while I was working on Web Matter, I need to take some time out and you know have my have fun. So mm. um, and when I and that kind of and I have a friend who's constantly been uh, telling me to go for the last I don't know how many years so you know I want to say like you know he he had more foresight than me so um, so mm-hmm. I've, I've since you know I've, I've kind of got interested in cryptocurrencies to understand you know what this is how is this day being more of an engineer I'm more interested in like the code and stuff I I started like build out applications to kind of understand uh, cryptocurrency more and um, like one of them was like ethereum wallet so if you go to 42wallet.com that's an open source Ethereum wallet that I've built. Um, and then I, I wanted to understand how these prices come up. How, how does how does people say that, you know, how do people figure out that BTC is worth, uh, you know, Bitcoin is worth this much US or whatever. So I then figured out that there, you know, all these markets out there, you have to aggregate the data and you have to uh, then, you know, it's based on how much volume is traded at each market. So I wanted to kind of build out something myself because I didn't, you know, I didn't like anything that was out there just visually and otherwise. So um, I built something called 42markets.com. Um, it, it's, uh, and, you know, it also gave me a chance to play with new tech. So I use Vue.js, I use D3, use Golang. And um, it, it, you know, I think the result's pretty cool. So I'm uh, trying to put it out there. It's a way to see cryptocurrency prices and volumes and stuff uh, easily. Hey, it is very cool indeed. Uh, it it looks looks kind of like uh like it has this very futuristic interface like uh, dark interface that I like a lot, uh, and it's it's kind of like having your own mini trading room. Uh, but you don't have any trading options. It's just to you know we we we, we just we just can see uh, all the uh, the the live uh, quotations for for every cryptocurrency. Yeah, so it's, 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 I mean, it gathers data from many exchanges and then kind of correlates that together based on the volume of activity that's happened at each exchange. It works for a lot. I see a question. Oh, so here it doesn't even retrieve the data from one. So that, that's a great question. Actually, this, the wallet yeah. was built on my favorite front-end stack, which is Elm. So yes, the, the stack is uh, for the wallet, is it's in Elm. Elm is a strongly typed uh, replacement to you know JavaScript. It's really cool. I would recommend more people check it out. Mm-hmm. It's I prefer it the most. But um, you know, people, like there's nothing wrong with JavaScript. It's just that Elm the compiler takes care of all the errors for you that you'd never have a runtime exception. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome because when I, you know, when you, when you develop something using JavaScript, you're always wondering, 
when is this thing gonna break when you're testing and going through the app and, and trying and see uh, if, if the feature has been implemented the right way, you're always wondering, will I get a type error there? Will I get like uh, uh, an exception here, etc. But with Elm, it never happens actually because the compiler makes sure that nothing crashes at runtime. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, I actually discovered Elm uh, during our conversation in Toronto uh, and uh, checked it out a little bit. It's uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting. The code base is open source, so you know, feel free to dig in and you know check it out. It's a good starting point. Yeah. And so, uh, by the way. Where can everybody follow you? So you say the code base is open source. I guess you have a GitHub or a GitLab uh, public account I, where I, people can GitHub, check out your so that's, repos. Uh, and I'm on Twitter. I think the best place to follow me is really Twitter because I'm on Twitter like all day, every day. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. It's true that Vikram is pretty active on Twitter. Uh, and so what's your it's username? Dosco. So that's D-O-S-C-O. Okay, cool. And from there, people can just uh, uh, follow your all the links and find your GitHub account. Which uh, is also Dosco, see this, so it's uh, Oh, okay, yeah. So GitHub user, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it once again. It's uh, it's Dosco. Yeah, people just put the link here in the in the chat. Uh, well, I guess if. If anybody here in the chat room has a question, we can we can take a little bit of time and answer the questions. Sure. Or you know, also feel free to message me your questions on Twitter or you know DM me or whatever. Happy to chat. Guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so well, perfect. Once again, thanks a lot, man. Uh, people definitely go check out Web Matter and Vikram's blog, Move North, if you're interested in uh, Canada and the tech uh, scene in Toronto. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you, Lon. This was great. <laughs> <laughs>